and welcome to another episode of the Arsaholics. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Mize. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Nero today, but uh, we have Raj and Aaron and boys. How's it going? Good. Good. Yeah, really good. Good, good to be here. Good, good, good. More time for us to talk now. Nero's not here. <laughs> yeah. Let's, not Let's talk about Williams. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I thought we'd talk about something a little bit different today um as opposed to doing the the usual match previews and reviews um so following Balogun, uh, there's been a lot of talk in the media uh, especially in the last few months uh, about his future and if he's going to stay or possibly not uh, and will be leaving the club um and arteta specifically this week um was asked about him in his press conference uh, leading up to the Burnley game. Um, and he made some interesting comments uh, about the situation. So we thought, why not um, get around the table and, and have a chat about it and, and see what we think. Uh, Raj, so your thoughts on what Arteta said this week? It's, it's a bit tricky, isn't it? Because I think clearly Arteta wants to keep him at the club. Or if he doesn't, he's doing a very good job at pretending that he wants to. <laughs> you know, everything he's saying in the press is, I want him to stay. We really want to keep him. We believe he wants to stay. So by that, you can only assume that the intention of the club is that they really do want to keep him. Um, and if it is stalling, you can only assume that it's because of one of two things, right? Money or a request of a guarantee of first team action or whatever that might be. But it seems like the you know the appetite from the pub, from the club is we want you here. So yeah, sorry, yeah, <laughs> um, that's sorry for the dramatic pause. But yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I think that it's quite clear that his future is so tied to what happens to Eddie uh, to a certain extent. I guess you know what happens to Lacquer as well. But if we just think about Eddie for a second as well, they both got the same agent which is really interesting. And the same agent is there probably in the ear of both players saying, if you're going to stay at Arsenal, you know, you need to get minutes and we need to almost put it to Arsenal for a, for to turn around and guarantee that you're going to get that. But it's so interesting because obviously Arsenal can't turn around and guarantee both those players minutes. So I really want to know how the agent is managing this. And I want to know what, Balogun thinks about Eddie and I want to know what Eddie thinks about Balogun and um because it, it, it I just can't see a scenario where we keep both of those players no yeah I think it, it's it's interesting because you need to if you look at the wider striker situation at the club we've got Aubameyang who we've obviously committed big money to and will be here next season regardless but then you've got Lacazette who is out of contract within you know, next season will be his final season of his deal. And yeah, there's a decision to be made there. And I think there is a strong case saying, actually, maybe it's not worth committing big money on him for another three years and we should look to replace. And it it will then leave us with Aubameyang and to a certain extent, Martinelli is like the only two senior strikers at the club. And then you've got Eddie who hasn't played for since, January or hard it's hardly been in the squad since January um and then you've got Balogun who did come on towards the end of the Europa League campaign uh scored a, a nice goal but you know for whatever reason is reluctant to to commit and yeah you know, there could be a 
a scenario where we have to move Lacazette on, we potentially don't want to really keep Nketiah and Balogun's leaving. Mm. And we're all of a sudden like in the need for potentially one or even two strikers in the summer. So I hope Balogun's thinking about that. If we do want him to stay, personally, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer that he stays. But clearly, Raj, as he said, the agent is trying to earn a pretty penny and it does sound like there are a number of other clubs interested. So I just hope it doesn't come down to money because it would be a shame if he went to somewhere purely for the money and not because of other reasons. So, yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned the money. They, there was a, I guess a rumor um, that he wants around 40 grand a week. I think it was Le Grove who tweeted that earlier in the week. I don't know if you guys saw that. And um <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, I think that's probably more than what Saka's on, if, if I'm not mistaken, or probably in the, in the similar kind of region, which seems a bit ridiculous. And this is the thing that I find quite interesting about about this is that we, we're even, not so much that we're even talking about it, but I mean, he's not, I don't think he's played in the Premier League before for us. No. Um, I don't think he's made an appearance. So obviously, yeah, he's made um, those... Uh, had a few minutes in the Europa League um, and obviously I think he scored a couple of goals in the Europa League, uh, I believe. And we've not really seen much of him and what he can do, What how basically how good he is and how good he potentially could be for us as a Premier League team trying to get kind of back into the top four and trying to get back up the table in the next few years. Um, and I think it's quite interesting, Aaron, that you mentioned when trying to plan our squad for next season and seasons to come. Um, and we're talking about what strikers do we want to keep? What strikers are we going to have? Who do we need to kind of cash in on like with contracts expiring, things like that, that he's, I just find it quite interesting because it's almost like we're pinning quite a lot of hope on someone that we've never really even seen play. And we don't really know what he can do. Okay. Yeah. He's obviously done it in the under 23s and from everything that, you see about him or see of him in terms of highlights and you read about him. He's obviously a really, really talented player. So I'm not saying that, oh, he's going to come to the first team and he's going to flop essentially. I've, I have no idea basically, but I just think it's quite interesting because even if we go into next season with, let's say, Aubameyang, Martinelli and Balogun as our three strikers, we don't know how, we, like I said, we just don't know how that's going to turn out for us. Um, if he needs to play sort of 20 games in the league next season, it could, he, he, he may not be at the level required. Like Enketia smashes goals in at under 21 level for England or has his record goals for, um, for England under-21s. He's done really well at youth level. And okay, maybe he hasn't been given as many chances as some people would like in the first team. But at the same time, he's been given a decent number um, earlier in this season and probably last season. And I don't think he's necessarily taken that chance. And I think you can look at other players, younger players that have come through the academy or come up like obviously obvious names like Saka, like ESR, who have who have completely taken their chances. So yeah, I just think that's quite interesting, really, like how we're now um, viewing Balogun as almost like a first team, a potential first team squad player when he's never played a Premier League game before or even come off the bench in the Premier League. I totally agree with you. Like it's it's insane, right? We've never really seen this kid play and he could be good but he could also be terrible we don't know right we have you know there's so many names that who have looked promising even in our current squad like nelson and katia um a number of other players even like willock when he came through everyone's really excited about him there are a number of players who you know the transition not only to like proper first team football but playing in like the top 
the top half of the Premier League, playing in Europe, it's it's a level above the the under twenty threes, right? And some people will make it, and some people won't. But you know, and not everyone is going to be like Saka, who come in and look like world beaters and fit straight into the first team. You know, what you expect is you know a player to maybe you know play five or five to ten games in their first full-time season and then progress up and play more and more games. And then you slowly get um, a view on if this kid can make it in the Premier League for us or do we need to send him on loan? Do we need to, you know, cash in where we needed to? You know, I remember like on on WhatsApp earlier on today, we were talking about Alex Iwobi, right? Came in, loads of hype. And, you know, we cashed in on him. And even now at Everton, he doesn't really look like he's progressed. So... There are so many paths that a young player's career can take, and you are right. The the hype around him is pretty insane, um, and it could work out, but it could also go horribly wrong. I think there's, I think there's a couple of theories I have on this. I think that um, if you look at some of the, if you look at some of the history about our youth products, particularly if we look at strikers. And Aaron, and you made a good point, right? I think there's some people who have apparently been tearing it up and Iwobi was, you know, one of these forwards who was and we've cashed in and whatever. If you actually look at it, we, there's, there's not been many cases, or if any that I can think of, especially of forwards, where Arsenal have let go of a player and we've come to regret it. Nabry is this very isolated incident which has all kinds of weirdness about it and we can go on about that separately. But I think yeah. other than that situation, there's none that we've really come to regret. And when I was kind of looking through under 23 and under 18 level over the last decade, so I looked at the numbers since 2011, I think it was. It's super interesting because effectively what, what it tells us is that Arsenal haven't produced a really talented striker in a long, long time. Eddie, when he came to Arsenal at 15 years old, he, he came from Chelsea, right? So he's not really in theory produced by us. But from the moment he came at 15 or whatever, the numbers that he was putting in, in under 18 and under 23 level, he's scoring goals at a ratio of more than one goal per 90 minutes. And no one else had been doing that for years. For years, no one else has been coming close. The people have been coming close to that. You have to go to Chuba Akpom and Stephen Mbundidi, if you remember him. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Right? He had one season, I think he scored 13 goals, and it was quite a good ratio. Chuba Akpom, for three years, was our top scorer at under-23 level. And he, he had a decent ratio. When Eddie came, that ratio was completely changed, a game-changer. No one had ratios like that. Now, what I think the agent of, of Eddie and Balogun is doing right now, he's looking at Balogun, and the one thing that Balogun has is he scored 27 goals at a ratio, I think, a goal every 70 minutes in season 18-19, which I think, I think 18-19, and that was the season where we won the league, we won the youth league, and we got to the final of the FA Cup, the FA Youth Cup, we lost to Derby in the final. That season, we had lots of players, by the way, who were banging the goals. It wasn't just him, but he scored 27. No one has scored 20 Yeah, for the last 10 years. And he scored 27, right? Eddie got 21 year across under 18 and under 23 level. So in fairness, combined, he did. But Balogun's numbers that season, I think what his agent is saying is, listen, you've had no one like this kid. 
that t- that talented at that level and you've got no one else in the pipeline because right now there's i think nikolai moller who scored four goals yeah. and i think there's another chap and i always forget his name i've never seen him play but i've heard keto taylor hart that's it keto taylor hart is our top scorer this season he has six goals six yeah so if you look at that and you think about all that and then you've got this guy who's got 27 goals his agent is going come on you've got nothing like this guy what are you going to do if you lose him? Who have you got? What 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 youth products? You know, you, strikers are, are, are coming you, through. Gone. I mean, yeah. Do you think an agent has got that much kind of weight when it's when you're when you're looking at like the the stats that you quoted are really impressive, right? And I'm not like I said, I'm I I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how good Balogun is because I haven't seen him play enough, being perfectly honest, right? Because he's not been in in and around the first team. But do you think an agent has really got? Um, does that give him enough backing to say? I want my client, uh, if, if, if you want my client to stay, you're going to have to pay him this much sort of thing because it's at a completely, as Aaron has said, that level, that step up from youth to Premier League or first team is, is huge. And I appreciate what, I completely get what you're saying that no one else has done it apart from him in the last how many years. But do you think that that gives the agent kind of enough to make those sorts of demands? I think what I'd say is, It might not, but I think that's what they do anyway. Because I think ultimately what he's going to say, what the agent is going to say is, what's your other option here? You don't have any other youth strikers who are playing at that level. He is your number one youth striker. So let's just say if you are going to want to retain someone, it's got to be this guy. And on the basis over the last 10 years, you've never had anyone as good at him at that level in terms of even if we just look at that one season. And you're right, it's a step up. But what's your alternative? And I think that's probably what they'll what he'll argue. He'll say, 40k a week in this day and age, if that's what he's asked for. I know it sounds like a lot to us. It, and and I recall when Wojciech Chesney was getting paid 20 grand a week. And everyone was kind of up in arms about this. Because when he got the 20 grand a week contract, I don't think he had played. And everyone's like, what the hell's that about? But the times have changed quite significantly, right? Mm. We talk about salaries. And I think maybe 40k isn't really you know, the 40K that it was, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, one would argue that if it really is just the 40K and if he is our most talented youth prospect, at least, at, you know, forward, as a forward, is it okay? I'd probably say, yeah, I'd probably pay the money. But I would say that there's a genuine conversation to be had as to regardless of whether that's all it takes to keep him, you can't keep him and Eddie. That's not going to work. There's not enough minutes for those players. Yeah, I agree. I think 40k a week, if you know, I don't know what players are getting paid these days coming through academies, but if we're going to take a gamble, it seems like a fairly cheap gamble, right? If we give him an extra, you know, an extra 10k more than he deserves or 20k more than he deserves for a three, four year contract, that's not like we've made far, far more expensive mistakes. And, you know, I'd rather gamble on a promising academy player and give them 10k more a week than you know, give a potentially aging player uh, a two or three year contract where it's clear they're going to get, you know, going to get slower, going to get less fit. Um, Whereas with these kids, there is potentially much more of an upside. And also, you know, he's young, he's English, you know, look at uh, like Rian Brewster, who went from Liverpool to Sheffield United, Sheffield United played like 20 million for him. And I don't think he'd played uh, a single game (laughs) for Liverpool. And you know, they they were gambling on him being the next biggest thing, and I think he's. I'm not sure he's even scored a, 
a goal for Sheffield United yet. Mm. And they're close to getting relegated and they've paid 20 million for him. So mm. even if even if we, you know, overpay a little bit, I, you know, I think we'll get the money back at least somewhere down the line. If not, like, we can sell him for a couple of million and it's not the end of the world. But I just wonder if it's more than just money, though, for for example. Because what, but then what else do you give the kid, right? Like, he's literally done nothing in the Premier League. You can't guarantee him starts. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at, say, Eddie leaving, and if Lacazette leaves... Are we really going to make him potentially second choice striker at Arsenal? No, that's someone who's going to start potentially every Europa League game, every cup game, and if Oba were to get injured, be our first choice striker. That just seems like an insane gamble to make. Mm. So regardless, yeah. I think if we let go of Lacazette and Eddie, I think we bring in another striker anyway. I yeah. agree with that. I think one thing that I'll also look at is... So it's actually a question back to you guys. I was surprised at this. Maybe you guys aren't surprised, but how many Premier League goals do you think Nketiah has? Oh, it's not many. Less than or? ten. No. Oh, oh, his total. His total less, Premier League goals. Less than ten, like like five. five yeah. yeah, yeah. He's four goals. Four yeah. goals. Yeah. That's a lot less than I thought it was. It's four goals in thirty-five appearances. They're not thirty-five starts, but thirty-five appearances, and he has twelve goals in total in sixty-two appearances. And I wonder if they look at that again and go, just because they're bang- like you said, like just because they're banging it in at youth level, does it mean that they can cut it at this level? Yeah, I mean the thing the thing about Eddie is, and we've talked about Eddie quite a lot between in our group. Um, obviously, when he sort of came on, came on the scene, I think he came on in a was it a League Cup game and he scored as soon as he came on. Uh, yeah, and um, it was obviously like as soon as a player kind of makes that impact, you get really excited. Even if there has been the hype before, you're finally seeing him and he's sort of doing what he's. Uh, known to do which is just just scoring goals but I think the the issue that I have with Eddie I was quite a big sort of supporter of him almost a year ago when we when we've spoken about how do we want our squad to look which players do we want to keep and, and not and I think where he's been given his chance I've been quite underwhelmed by him and I, I think that he could potentially be a player that scores quite a lot of goals at the right kind of club um but I don't think that he offers enough in his all-round game um from and and that goes across a number of aspects like I don't think he can hold the ball up all that well um I don't think he's obviously not the biggest guy he's not the strongest guy you know he's not like a Harry Kane kind of type of striker he's gonna be able to shrug a defender off um and there's other aspects as well that I just think we've seen now that he's come into the first team and when he has had those opportunities, they've, they've kind of been exposed a little bit, those weaknesses. And I think that's my concern with him. And I think that's probably or possibly the reason why he's not since been given as many minutes. And the other thing that I am sort of, so I personally think Eddie's going to leave this. I think he will leave and probably this summer. The only thing that I'm a little bit kind of annoyed about is we're probably going to have to sell him for less than we would have, wanted to because he's obviously not he's just not been playing right and he's not been he's not in the in the limelight essentially he's not um scoring goals and he's not putting in good performances because he's not getting on the pitch and this whole thing that you meant you've 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 sort of talked about Raj around the the agent of being the same for both players and there being this kind of a dilemma really and if we do want to keep Balogun and it does mean Eddie has to go it's like really annoying because he's obviously a young English player. He's smashed it under 21s for England. He's obviously on the radar of, of a number of 
Premier League teams, I would say. You know, he went to Leeds on loan and came back. And it feels like if we'd have sold him maybe a year ago, we'd probably get a lot more than what we will this summer. Mm. And this is the thing that we get really frustrated as being Arsenal fans is that we've never really, apart from you mentioned Iwobi earlier, where we did get good money for him and probably the Ox. Apart from that, we always seem to kind of get shafted a little bit on transfer fees. And this is one play that we obviously had really high hopes for him. And maybe it's just not going to work out. Maybe he's not at the level that we need him to be at. You know, we, can we really rely on Eddie Nketi to be our striker in five years time when we play one up top? Probably not. So yeah, that's just a bit of a, yeah, it's just a bit annoying really that if he does go, that we probably won't get sort of maximum, um, maximum, um, money for him. Uh, if, yeah, I think everything you said is completely spot on. The only thing I think we can hope for in this situation, therefore, is, well, regardless of whether his stock in theory isn't as high now as it was maybe a year ago, it may still be a case that he's an incredibly appealing prospect to a lot of clubs. So if we can get a bidding war going on, then that will be a good thing, right? Because the fact that he's homegrown, the fact that actually he's got so many good years ahead of him, the fact that he's England's record under 21 goal scorer, those sorts of things, Premier League experience, you know, all the rest of it, you'd hope, like you mentioned before, Ian Brewster and the amount of money that he went for, there's a lot more basis for a club to spend decent money on Eddie, even if he's had a relatively quiet season in terms of appearances. And you, and that's what I, ho- I hope that we can get a few clubs interested who are all saying, okay, he, Eddie, we think Eddie could be the guy who is our long-term centre forward. And it might be a bottom half team, but that's fine because bottom t- half teams have, have money to spend. I'm thinking about people like Crystal Palace here, right? Who next season have to do a complete and utter squad overhaul, you know, um, clubs like that, I think, you know, and I, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I won't labour that point, but I think that, I think if we can, if that can happen, then I think that's our best. That's our best outcome. Yeah, I agree. I think you know we've got we've been burned by letting players go on on free or low fee too often, and I think that's the fear with Balogun, right? Is that you know rather than lose him on a free, let's just sign him up. So at least if it doesn't work out in a year's time, we can still get something for him, and chances are we will get something for him, and he's not really going to disappear into the reserves because it looks like there's enough there to at least get a couple of goals with Eddie again it's a shame because his I think next year is his final year of his contract so you know in another season I'd say that if he did have a bit more time in his contract I'd say look give him another season and maybe you know you can't really judge his performances for us in the first half of this season fairly because everyone was rubbish he was wasn't really getting service it's not like we were creating chances galore because his game is based on creating like chances crosses into the box and and that wasn't happening and I think if you know if we did have time and we didn't have the chance of like possibly losing him on the free, then I'd say look, give him another season. Let's see how he does in a much more structured way. But you know he's not even making Premier League squads anymore. Um, I think there've been times where Balogun has been on the bench ahead of him, and that's clearly a concern. And yeah, it just seems inevitable that we will probably have to move Eddie on. And yeah, there's a risk we could lose Balogun on a free too. Do you um do you think there's a possibility that they might um extend look to extend Inketi's contract and then loan him out next season? I think that if they did that, it would be because they were just trying to protect value 
and and I think that he would see through that. I think, um, you know, again, we've got a bit of a different scenario here where Eddie joined us at fifteen, Balogun joined us at eight. There's a lot more tying Balogun in theory to the club. You know, um, Eddie in theory he spent more time at Chelsea than he did at Arsenal. So, so yeah, I so I don't think that will happen. Um, and I think actually the comments from Arteta that you alluded to before as well were quite telling in that, you know, he did say, yeah, look, Eddie's done everything right, but I can't give him minutes. That's my fault. And actually it's something that we're going to have to have an honest conversation about. Right. That to me suggests I I can't see Arteta doing that much more than saying, we'll probably have to talk about whether this is the right club for you in the summer, basically. To be honest, yeah. that's how I read that. I don't. I can see it happening, though. What you said, Mike, is like it depends what happens this summer and what the finances and what comes in, right? If we get an offer of, yeah, anything more than twenty million, I think we bite the hands off for Eddie and say, you know, thank you very much, but off you go. But if nothing comes in for him, then rather than risk losing him on a free, I can, you know, if he said, look, well, here's a contract on the same wage that you're on now for an extra two years you know it gives him the time to say you know maybe he could come good the season after right like, why would he sign it though Hernan? no fair enough like he he might not but then if if he would he really want to risk going on a free and potentially not going like this is security of an extra two three years at a club like arsenal at a relatively decent wage there is every chance that he could leave in the summer and if there are no offers coming in he could potentially be not clubless, but playing at a lot lower level. So if you're, if you're Eddie, you think, you know, I can get an extra two, three years. I might get the chance to prove myself with a longer contract and it protects everyone involved. But if we, if we genuinely think it's a possibility that he could make a decision based on contract security at this point in his career, then he can't be very good. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and that's what I'm playing like devil's advocate. I guess I, I suppose what I'm saying is like, if I, I, I would honestly, I mean, if if he was available on a free in this summer, I think loads of clubs would go for him. I think mm. lo- loads of clubs would go for him. Look, I think if he's available for 10 million, loads of clubs would go for him. Um, don't get me wrong, but I think if there's ever if there's a question at all about you know whether therefore you know would he be worried about running down his contract and would he be worried about what kind of deal if he could get a club after that you know then i'd be seriously concerned about the quality of this player and um and i think there is quality there i think you know if we just go maybe it's worth also touching on the fact that i think you know one of the things that balogun has over niketja is perhaps he's got a profile that seems to fit into what arteta's trying mm, to do a little bit more yeah it's really there's a little bit more about him isn't there like for me like when i saw you know, I don't watch the, the the youth teams, but I do watch the highlights. Like and and the goals that he seems to score reminds me a bit of Martinelli, that kind of player. You know, he can do Very a bit dynamic. Can, yeah, exactly, yeah. he'll yeah. from wide, but he'll run at you. He'll, you know, he's got it all in his locker. With Eddie, he's a fox in the box. Mm. It's all about that movement, and that's it. Which is even more remarkable as to how many goals he scored there for. Right, like he obviously he's obviously got some elite movement, elite off the ball kind of stuff going on. But um, I don't think he fits into that profile as well as Balogun does. Yeah, Eddie's, Eddie's had a bit of a weird career, right? Because obviously he had that loan at Leeds where 
yeah, there were parts where he looked good, but then um, Bielsa clearly wasn't playing him that often. Then he came back to Arsenal in January, right? And yeah, when he came back, it seemed pretty likely that he would then go on loan somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Arteta seemed to like him. And, you know, honestly, it sounded like Arteta liked him because he ran around a lot and he, yeah, he, he closed down, he closed down, he, you know, he put good pressure on the opposing defenders and he got in the team purely because of that. Like, maybe that says a lot about the standards at the club when when Arteta came in and when Eddie was there because, you know, getting people to run star quality um, yeah but Arteta did seem to like him but then I think you know the fact that he's not getting into the squads now just shows that you know whatever hope he had like he's got Martinelli ahead of him now um, it just seems to like he's had enough chances and I don't think he's impressed enough yeah yeah I'm just gonna say sorry go on no 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 no, go on I was just gonna say like I think it has been a funny career for him I think that's probably the best way of describing Aaron. And I think like when I was trying to recall, when I was trying to look back at the dates of his loans and all that kind of stuff, there was, I think January, 2019 was, he was initially, he was meant to go on loan to Augsburg and then Danny mm-hmm. Welbeck got injured and he stayed. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it was that then in that August, and I don't think he played that much for us during that period, but then in that August, that's when he went to Leeds I looked at the stats. Really. I thought he scored more goals than he actually did at Leeds. He scored three goals. Yeah, he didn't scored more. Do that well at all. But did he? Did he? He what? Like Aaron has said, he ended up being out of favour with Bielsa, didn't yeah, he? He didn't play exactly. that much. But yeah, I think I know what you mean. I thought I thought it'd be a big. I number thought it was that. more. And Bamford obviously, yeah. you know, got the nod over him in the system they're playing. Um, mm. And uh, and I I just wonder whether, sadly, this is a case a little bit of a player who smashes it up in the youth levels and has clearly got a lot on his locker. But when it comes to what's required at the Premier League level with regards to modern tactics and all that kind of stuff, do managers want a little bit more now? Mm. Is it as simple as that? Definitely, yeah. Um, so if we if we think, it sounds like we all probably think that Eddie could be leaving this summer. Um and in terms of the striker situation, without getting into a conversation about what do we want the squad to look like, but sp- specifically on the strikers. So let's assume Balogun's staying. He signs a deal um, and he gets integrated into the first team next season. Alex Lacazette, yeah, one year left on his contract after uh, this this season finishes. Uh, I don't know how old he's going to be. 29, 30, is that right? Around that kind of age. Yeah. Um, I think I saw something this week that he's been linked with um, a few clubs. Is it Roma, Atletico Madrid and Monaco? So, you know, big European teams playing playing in the Champions League, like in the case of Atletico Madrid. Um, how, what, do you, what do you guys think about Lacazette? Do you think it's time to sort of call it a day with him and, and cash in with a year left of his contract? I, it's a really weird one because, again, like all this, the backdrop of like, when you look at Alex Lacazette, where he is now in his career and like, should we give him another deal at what I assume will be quite a significant wage level? It it doesn't make sense, right? But the question I have is that if we let him go, 
could we afford to replace him? Because we're we're basically broke. Like like every club, we have no real money to go and buy a top class replacement. So yeah, we're we're then in a bit of a tricky situation. Is would we rather have you know someone potentially a step down but with huge potential to go up? Like again, like a Balogun, but maybe in three four years time, someone who potentially done it in in Germany, Spain, wherever at a slightly lower team but with a higher ceiling. Or do we just guarantee, like, gamble on Lacazette maintaining his level? Because I don't think he's going to get better for another two or three years at a very expensive wage level, but with the huge chance that he could, um, you know, get worse and potentially start becoming quite an expensive asset that we end up mm. not wanting to play. I see two arguments to it, really. I think he's a sellable asset at this point. You know, it's probably if you're going to sell him, then maybe you know this summer is when you do. And I think your point is Aaron is well made, which I think is where's this money going to come from that we want to what we want to improve our squad with because we're going to lose Odegaard and Ceballos unless we choose to try and strike a deal on one or both of them. That's a lot of money already gone. Mm. Yeah, right. So with the striker situation, it's a there's there's a number of things I think we've got to think about is that you know do we need to generate money for other positions <laughs> um and and if if it is a case of we want to get a new striker in well again how do we generate that money and um and I would probably also say as well I would assume therefore that if we are going to sell either or both strikers um we have got a clear idea of who it is that's going to come in you know mm. a very clear idea uh and I I, I think you know the, the feelings I get whenever I hear Arteta talk is that we've got very clear transfer plans. You know, he keeps on, he's on this message, right? Where he's like, I know exactly who we're here. We're buying in the summer. Um, so I think whatever it does, I think there is probably a design to it. I just worry about the amount of components with, that we potentially have to play with in the summer. You know, I think it's mainly those, the central midfield positions, as I said, but you know, there's others, there's, there's talk about us, changing up at right back and all this kind of stuff there's just it feels like a little bit of you know moving money here and mm. there selling a player here but you know it's a bit funny and it's just it feels so hard to predict yeah i can you know funnily enough i can see a bizarre set of circumstances occurring where we end up selling enketia for more money than we end up selling lacazette for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh well, maybe it's not even that bizarre what? maybe it's quite possible actually because what so if we if we were to sell both of those players this summer what what do you think is a fair uh, price that we should expect to get yeah a fair um, fee that we should expect to get given given they're both on their last years of their contracts honestly if we could get 50 million combined for both of them that would be amazing I think it's a funny one, isn't it? Like I would, I would, I would tend to agree. Um, I'm, I'm reluctantly agreeing. Put it that way. Like I think that individually, I'd probably be up disappointed if we only. If, I want to get thirty million for each of those players. I don't think we'll get anywhere near. I don't no. think we'll get. Th- I don't yeah. think we'll get thirty million for sure for Lacazette. I, I definitely don't think we'll get thirty million. I think there's a chance we could get thirty million for Eddie. Because of, all the, because, of all the factors, <laughs> because of all the factors we mentioned before, like the fact that he is English, the fact that he is young, the fact that we could potentially, therefore, if, if, yeah. get, get, create a bidding war with, with a lot of clubs who fit 
you know, he could fit that exact profile for, he could be their centre forward for many, many years. You're not going to get that with Lacquer, right? So, you know, if someone's going to sign Lacquer, it's for the very, very, very much here and now, and that's it. Right? Yeah, if someone gives us 30 million for Eddie and Ketia, we should absolutely bite their hands off and run. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think I think well when we were talking about him last year that was the sort of number that we were talking about about 25 to 30 million so I think I probably agree with Raj yeah 30 million maybe I don't know maybe maybe we are being a bit optimistic on that and like like we said he hasn't been in the team and hasn't been able to sh- uh, he's not been able to show what he can do which is like which is frustrating um but yeah I think I think yeah probably about 30 million would be really good for Nketiah. I don't know about Lacazette. It's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously he's going to, it's probably his last big uh, contract um, if he is around that sort of 29 to 30 years old. Um, and he's going to want, wherever he goes, he's going to want um, a lot of money. And I think that it might affect the amount that we can demand for him. Um, well, I don't think he's going to go. Like, I, I, mm. I, I did think so before. But the thing that I just, I think now is that I wonder if our guys also are looking at things like Giroud and thinking, do you know what? There is, if if he wants to stay, there's a role for him, right? A long-term role for him. Even if it's a bit part play, if that's something that he's satisfied with, there's that, there are things that Lacazette can bring that are a bit tricky to find. You know, mm. it's not that easy. Those hold up players, they're suitable for some games, you know, th- th- maybe there's value in keeping that kind of player around and maybe it's harder to replace that kind of player. Um, I think they will look at Eddie as a more sellable asset, basically. And I think I think they'll look at Eddie as also a more replaceable asset. Like, you know, he's not, I think we made the point, you know, he's not really a core part of this team in any shape, way or form at the moment. So technically it's not a loss. You, you take him out, it doesn't change how we play. If you If Lacquer goes... That is a loss because we are specifically at times playing tactics which rely on him. Mm. Um, not all the time, though, right? Not like, all the time, but Eddie's, but Eddie's not at all. No, no, no I, I mean, like, I think it's fairly clear we should probably look to move Eddie on. But you know, is Lacazette? Does Lacazette get into our first eleven? Probably not. Probably not. Um, and in which case, it would be pretty crazy to give him a new deal, and we can't let him go on a free. So I think, I think default, you kind of have to sell him. But what I think what Raj was saying was if he's happy to be a, almost a bit part player or that player that, you know, yeah, he isn't going to be the, the the main striker, but he's happy to come off the bench. He's happy to come in when someone's injured. He's happy to play the cup games, et cetera, um, and do a job for us as he's been doing. Um, then it, it could work. It could work. Um, and it's quite, yeah, like you said, right, it's quite hard to find a player like that and then go and get that person, go and get that player. So almost it's, it's almost like it, if he does, if he's happy to do that and sort of the, in terms of the, the contract, that uh, the money that he's offered and it, it's both both sides, but the club and the player are happy with it. It's almost like it saves a bit of a headache having to go and do that in the summer. Like That's what it, I feel. Yeah, and he said he's already been at the club for quite a while now. It's probably been like four or five years, is it? And he's got a good relationship with the Bamiyang seems to get along with all the other kind of French players. So yeah, maybe, maybe there are a few reasons why he might end up saying, see Aaron is shaking his head. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think they're all really great reasons, but he's going to, he's not going to take a contract on it. So you'd give him a new contract. Would you? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, sorry, this is really, I'm not no, trying to take no How idea. much is he on roughly? I would 100? assume a little. Around about that, probably 120-ish. Yeah, probably 121 to 150 a week, I reckon. 
And like, he, so, we bought him for 50 million quid, so he was going to be on big money. Um, and yeah. would you, like, if assume, if he, if we offered him another three years at the same wage level, which I don't think he would accept, but if we did, mm. would you set any signed? Would you be happy with that? So it's, it's so hard to answer these questions because it depends it depends on what the rest of the squad looks like or what yeah. the other, you know. So it's almost like a case of, okay, if we're happy, I would say I'm happy for him to go and his squad be filled by someone else coming in if that person is going to basically improve us. And if that, yeah, if that player is going to improve us. And if not, because like, let's not forget, Lacazette was quite a big, it was, you know, he was wanted by Atletico Madrid when we signed him. I think he wanted to go to Atletico Madrid the season before. And it, it's maybe just not worked out as well as everyone would have hoped, but he was still, well, how much did he cost us? Like 50 million pound, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there's, there are some really positive reasons or good reasons to potentially look at keeping him. But if we are going to sell him, it has to be on the basis that, yeah, we're going to improve and he's going to be replaced by someone who's who's better essentially um or fits what we want to do with our squad uh, or uh, our setup better i wouldn't be too unhappy if he stayed like i don't i've quite i quite like lacazette i think he brings a lot of qualities um and yeah like i said that kind of headache of not having to replace someone and having a player that's already familiar with everything you know familiar with the club familiar with the players around him familiar with the manager all of that that they're quite important things to to consider when you're looking at how you overhaul your squad over a number of transfer windows. Mm. I think you can really, I think the the financial element is hard as well. Like you say, it's hard to answer these questions. It's hard to answer it also with the perspective that it feels a bit like. Let's just say, I don't think we should do this, by the way. But let's just say if we offered him a 150k a week contract, let's just say, yeah, mm. that feels like a lot for Lacazette who we're all I think we're all in agreement at best is a squad player who you know adds something in certain situations but is a squad player is a lot the problem is like if you go out in the market and try and get a good striker transfer fee plus wages mm. it's going to be a hell of a lot more than keeping Lacazette on 150k yeah. a week but it depends though right like keep in mind let's assume we'll probably then sell Lacazette and Let's assume at best we get twenty five million for him, right? Twenty five million plus his wage savings. Could we get a promising young striker to play alongside people like Martinelli, potentially Balogun, to challenge over for that for that second striker spot? I th- I think so. If we accept that Ober's going to be our number one striker for the next two years, mm. we need someone who can play Europa League, lead the line in Europa League, like Eddie's been doing, like like Balogun's been coming off on. We don't need someone to really challenge Ober for first spot because we've gone all in on Ober now. So Ober is going to be the number one striker playing hopefully down the middle. And then you've got players like Martinelli and Balogun challenging. Why don't we just gamble on another striker who can, you know, who can potentially push in another two or three years time. That doesn't have to be a 30 million pound striker. I think that's fair. So would you... I think it's a fair argument. Would you be happy if we sold Lacazette and Eddie and brought in one striker? Yes. Okay. Like someone with a like a little bit older than a little bit older than like Balogun. Someone in the kind of 
22 to 24 year old range i think i don't know who that is i'm, I'm not i don't play football manager so i don't know who <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i'm sure a club with the resources of arsenal can attract a promising up-and-coming young striker um from somewhere i know like we've even talked about um edward from celtic for example someone like him would be perfect he's going to cost a lot more than 20 million but but he's not going to come in and be happy to play essentially sort of third fourth choice or you know well he'll be, he'll be second choice but pushing for first right but yeah you're right but then if we go that big then we do have to replace yeah okay yeah you know, find a replacement for over but i don't think we need to find a first choice striker yeah, and I think to be honest, I think if you sign someone like Eduard, like I think he actually he would be quite happy coming in as the sort of second to over because he, you're still going to get loads again. There's still going to be games where they play together. Yeah, you guys are assuming we're qualifying for the Europa League next season, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. all of this is so important. Yeah, I guess we don't mm. have time to cover all this stuff, but that is so important to this discussion, mm. right? What yeah. happens if we don't qualify for Europa? Like, it's not even about attracting players. It's about where does this money come from? Mm. Um, it's it, it's a really good point. So there's a lot that... I think, like, just to wrap up, I think one of the initial points that, that I think we were covering about Balogun leaving, what does that, you know, all that kind of stuff, should we be concerned and all that kind of stuff. I think what the stats tell us is that we can't really read too much into how players are banging goals in at under 23 and under 18 level. And the players that have left Arsenal who have been banging those goals in, they've not gone on to achieve like massive things. And so I think you can't use that as a basis. And I think for me, what I would say is as fans, we probably have to have a leap of faith here with the coaching staff Mm. and think that the coaching staff have assessed the situation appropriately with regards to how they think those players are going to do at that very top level. Because I don't think that, well, you know what's going to happen, right? If we lose Balogun, a lot of our fans are going to be going ballistic. They're going to be going, this guy's mm. tearing it up. He's amazing. He's this and he's that. Calm down because you can't, like, were people saying that when we lost Chuba Akpom? Were people saying that, mm. you know, when we lost Arturo Lupoli, if we go even further back from that, you know, <laughs> like, because, because, by the way, that was the last time people were hitting these numbers was Lupoli and, and Bentner time. And I, I don't think you can. So I think you've got to trust the club a little bit with regards to, to all of that. I think we can't get too uh, sensationalist if we do end up losing Balogun. Um, and I think, guys, like, unfortunately, isn't it? It's like there's so many variables with regards to where we could finish and what that might mean financially. Um, it's going to be really hard to see accurately predict how this is all going to play out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's a really good way to to wrap up discussion, um, boys. So yeah, we're interested to in see what happens with with all of those players that we've discussed over the coming months and into the summer and the, the contracts. We're interested to in see what Balogun does with his Instagram and his social media profiles <laughs> if he decides to uh, um, <laughs> add everything back or not. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Great discussion, guys. Thanks a lot. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, be, we'd really, really appreciate a thumbs up. Um, it makes a big difference to the channel, um, but we hope you've enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers, boys. See you later. Thank you very Cheers, much. Mike. See ya. Later, mate.